0: Welcome to Blind Like
1: Me, the podcast.
2: We share inspirational stories from the visually impaired community and explore accessible technology and services.
1: Blind Like Me is a community of shared experiences, motivating each other to break down barriers.
2: Your host is Tim Black.
1: Tim has been in the broadcast industry for over 30 years in Canada and was the first legally blind student in British Columbia to attend public school.
2: Tim has never let his disability stand in the way of his goals. Well, hi there. It's Tim. Welcome to this week's edition of Blind Like Me. We thank you very much for listening to our podcast wherever you find us. Lots to get to in this week's episode as we chat with Ricky Jones from Nashville, Tennessee about Strive For You. This is an amazing organization that has so much under its umbrella. We're going to talk about sports. We're going to talk parenting advice. We'll talk about self-defense and more. It's a long episode and make sure you stick around right to the end to hear Ricky's comments on the question. What would you say to the sighted community? That's all coming up as we welcome Ricky Jones to the podcast.
1: Well, wh- thank you so much, Tim, for having me. I appreciate it.
2: This is awesome. Now, uh, I saw your stuff online, and I know you guys were just uh, recently doing a, uh, a Go Ball tournament. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, that because some people don't even, as you were saying, haven't even tried Go Ball. And I remember when I was, I think, in my teens uh I tried it and uh it's been as I say it's been a long time since I played it. Uh but let's find out a little bit about who who you are. Tell me a little bit about your uh, your vision and uh what you and your wife do. You guys uh, are quite busy people.
1: Yes, we are. Well, um I was born uh legally blind. I had when I was born I was born with uh aniridia, uh nystagmus, stigmatism. and then later on in life uh, around uh, My junior, senior year of high school, I started developing what's called vascular graphing, which uh, is an offset of the aniridia. So the aniridia filters the light in and out of your eyes and through the iris, and mine is default. And so uh, that also keeps blood vessels from growing across the cornea of your eye. And so the fact that I wasn't able to filter light in and out properly blood vessels started growing across the cornea which made things super blurry Mm -hmm. um and so and then um about 10 years maybe 12 years ago i was diagnosed with glaucoma Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so all of those turn out to make a horrible uh eye condition pot of soup and um (laughs) so has left me totally blind now right Um, i lost my left eye in uh, high school, uh, my senior year, I graduated. And two weeks later I had, uh, back then was a, um, experimental surgery to try and, uh, correct the vision, which was a cornea rotation. Okay. And, um, so that backfired and the the blood vessel said, Oh, brand new cornea. And they just rushed to it, making it to, Essentially, where I could only see light through out of my left eye, uh-huh. and then slowly i I sort of snuck up on me, I lost my vision in my left eye and then my right eye um uh, about seven eight years ago um i I lost it as well so wow
2: that's, so yeah uh, and, that's that's uh very life changing for you then,
1: you know it has been an emotional roller coaster it has um mm-hmm. you know, I was born into a family, uh, my, both my parents were totally blind, Okay, uh, losing b- both of their vision through glaucoma. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I grew up understanding about blindness, understanding that they you know, with 2200 vision at the time, that there would be a great possibility. I would lose my vision.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, my older brother, he lost his vision about 18, 19, 20 years old. I can't remember exactly, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it happened to him. Um, you know, I started growing that, that uh, those conditions I had. And so that seemed like it was evident that it was going to happen, but it's still, you know, I mean, my, my mother and my father were, uh, you know, always around other blind and visually impaired people. My mother was very uh, self-advocate and, and worked within the National Federation for the Blind and other groups. And so, you know, I was always around it. I knew a lot about it as far as being totally blind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was, legally blind you always feel like you're kind of in between um you're not sighted enough to be in the sighted world you're not blind enough to be in the blind world so you're kind of just somewhere in between and um so we you know we just uh, going through that all that was a roller coaster and then when i lost my left eye i just thought life was i just thought it was over
2: walk me through that when 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 the left eye finally went i mean Um, you know, that's, that's a life changing experience and what was going through your mind at that point?
1: You know, as, as with my vision and it always having what I would call a plateau moment, uh, for a long time, it would decrease for a little bit plateau. And I would get used to that. I'd make all the adjustments of not only, you know, if I needed new devices or I needed to, um, look at things a little differently but also, you know, to some degree, when you have vision, you, you reach for things, you know, like a cup or something like that and depth perception as it plateaued would always, you know, uh, get worse and worse. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I'd have to learn sort of mechanics all over again. But mm-hmm. then when my left eye completely went, I, I went, I went through that. So I always, I think of, um, vision loss as a, going through a grief process, Mm -hmm. um, the natural grief process, the seven stages. And, and I think that people do because it it is a loss. It is a major loss in your life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I went through all the stages. I went through anger. I went, Mm -hmm. I was very, um, religious and into church, um, different things in, in my teenage years. And after I lost my left eye, you know, I thought, well, you know, why would God do this to me? I was very angry at him. I was, um, you know, I, I had an, opp- I was going to head off to college, uh, had my whole life in front of me and this happened. And it was like, it wasn't the case, but I felt like at the time that it was just that, that I couldn't go to college. I couldn't do all the activities and sports I like to do. You know, I was very active in Boy Scouts. I Mm -hmm. played football for four years Mm -hmm. um, in one of the biggest powerhouses in the state of Tennessee. Wow! Uh, And um, you know, it was one of those things where I I just thought it was it was all over. And I had a lot of great people around me um, supporting me and and telling me that you know to continue pushing. And I I eventually got tired of hearing myself say I can't. It wasn't. I I grew up hearing other people tell me I can't, but then when I got saying it to myself, it was like, all right, you know, either put up or shut up, you know? And, and so it was really time to, to get the ball rolling again. So, Mm um, you know, about 2002, I went into the business enterprise program for the blind vendors,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, you know had my ran my own business for a while got married to uh, at that point in time was my second wife had a child
0: mm-hmm.
1: thought we were you know thought life was okay life's looking up mm-hmm. um, and just like everybody else you know have your own battles and your own struggles mm-hmm. um, and you know that path didn't go the way I thought it was going to go so mm-hmm. um, 2009 my uh, younger brother was telling me you know he he had been involved in adaptive sports and recreation stuff during the school for the blind, mm-hmm. uh, that he was attending here in Tennessee. And, um, he wanted to, for us to compete together, uh, after, after he graduated and I was like, well, you know, <laughs> I don't know, man, I, you know, I'm not sure I can get back into sports. I've been out for, for 10 years or, or more. And, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, you know, we, we had a local group here, of, uh, local association of blind, uh, athletes. And, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I looked into what it would take to put that group back together. And, um, you know, nine, I don't know, it was about nine years, nine months later, I was executive director of that organization. And mm-hmm. here goes a, a life that I couldn't imagine me going through.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but here looking back 12 years later, it's been an amazing ride. I've got to do many different sporting activities Mm -hmm. um i've got to run the new york marathon twice wow i've got to um, that must have been
2: that must have been an amazing feat doing that
1: it it was and i i do a lot of motivational speaking and and guest speaking all around the country and Mm -hmm. i have actually took my life story and set it in the uh, adventure of w- at least one of those marathons,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: you know, the struggles and the uphills and the turns and the crowds and all the experience of it. And, and told my story through that. Um, if I ever get, if I ever slow down and get time, I plan on actually putting it into a book, Awesome. that's, uh, that's never happened yet, but <laughs> you got to have goals and keep yeah, going for
2: it. Yeah, you, you have something to do in retirement. Yeah. There you go.
1: So, um, let's talk about my work.
2: Let's talk a little right. bit about your, uh, about your wife, actually. Uh, now, is she visually impaired <laughs> or is she sighted?
1: Yeah. So that was actually where I was going. We actually met through uh, the Association for Blind Athletes. Uh, she was uh, looking for some uh, rehabilitation services mm. and her uh, teacher, which was actually one of my best friends, was also involved in the association. Okay. And she's like, you are to come out to this, to this picnic and and get to know some folks and and maybe get involved in some activities. And so she did. That was in July of 2011. And over time, we got back to know each other. And, um, you know, she was just an incredible woman, had been through a lot in her life. She had grown up uh, up until she was 10 years old
0: mm-hmm.
1: with 2020 vision and, wow. and star guards
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, set in. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, no indication in her family that that even was you know in the bloodline mm-hmm. so to speak and um she struggled uh from 10 through adolescence uh with all the normal things of of coping with vision loss coping with um being accepted mm-hmm. coping with with not wanting to stick out in high school with you know um a large print books or magnifiers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and getting the help that she honestly needed. Um, she was from a one, as she calls it a one red light town. Um, <laughs> and so the resources and things like that, she felt like she didn't have the cut. She was kind of cut off from the rest of the world as far as knowing about or knowing other blind and visually impaired people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, um, you know, it was really empowering for her when she found the association with other you know it's uh individuals who were going through the same struggles as her or you know had went through college and were professionals now and so it was through all that that the passion between the two of us grew mm-hmm. and um it you know it's truly a love story in itself mm-hmm. uh and I don't I'd never do it any justice but um <laughs> it's it's just been one of those things where the two of us started working together uh, to put events on and do different things. And then she became a part of the board of directors and the staff. Um, and so we grew together through that. And then she, you know, she did the New York marathon and, uh, one time and, um, says she, she can't figure out whether she's going to do it again or not, but <laughs> she's, uh, you know, we had our, our, uh, couple of years after we got together, 2014, we had our, our youngest son.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um he's thankfully or at least at the moment totally sided. Mm-hmm. Um we have a his, hers, and ours. Okay. So, um I have a son from previous marriage, as I mentioned. She yeah. has a daughter from a previous marriage. Okay. Her daughter hasn't uh, doesn't have any vision issues.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: and then our youngest doesn't either. Um so and so, you know, we're doing the sports, we're doing all that stuff. And then we run into this organization that was doing um, self-defense for people who are blind and visually impaired. Mm-hmm. And we started working in that organization uh, and, you know, bringing it back to Tennessee. And, and then we got asked to actually be a part of the senior staff of that organization and help uh, pr- make presentations around the country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then... You know, that organization has had some issues and some problems, and they've actually, uh, from what I've been told, have um, folded, uh, stopped operations. And so, when we got a moment in 2019 where we were kind of in the low of activities and not really doing a lot, we decided to put together a nonprofit Mm -hmm. um, called Strive for You. Mm -hmm. And we put everything under one roof uh, at that moment, put self-defense, adaptive sports, Mm -hmm. self-advocacy, disability awareness, all Mm -hmm. that good stuff.
2: Excellent. I I mean, I love the, I love the, the, uh, the name of it. And and I'd like to know, uh, you know, again, and to get into a little bit more about what you guys do. Uh, But I hope there's going to be a chapter about you and your wife in your book.
1: Yes. I don't think I, I, there's no, there's no way in the world that I can tell my story without, uh, telling about her. She's, she's been an amazing asset to my life. And, uh, you know, the old saying, there's not, uh, there, you know, any good man has a better woman standing right behind her. I agree. Um, and she, she's my rock. She's my foundation. So
2: awesome. Um, let's ask you a little bit about before we get into the stretch for you is, uh, obviously your, your child is sighted, uh, with two blind parents. And there's probably somebody who is listening to this podcast right now who may be going through that type of scenario. And how are you guys, you know, dealing with that and, and raising a sighted child with blind parents?
1: You know, there are a lot of challenges when it comes to that, but I don't think that any of them are something that can't be overcome. Mm -hmm. I was asked once, um, well, if your mom and your dad were blind, why did they have you knowing that you would potentially be blind and they would struggle as blind parents? Mm -hmm. And then why, why, in return, why did you then go and continue that having children yourself and you don't have children obviously because of what they may or may not have uh trait wise Mm -hmm. you have children um out of love Mm -hmm. and that's you know that's the thing that we've advocated to others and we've kept in our own mind Mm -hmm. you know there's challenges Uh, most of it is you know figuring out creative ways to do things. Uh, when, uh, when I was with, you know, the, a new father with my oldest son, mm-hmm. I leaned a lot on my mom who was, you know, again, a blind parent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we took tricks for instance, so that I would know where he was when he was a toddler and, you know, not doing the whole communicating thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we took a, a jingle bell yep. from a, be like a Christmas wreath and we tied it onto a a shoestring and tied it around his waist. So he would jingle, you know, made him, (laughs) made him audible. Um, you know, we talk a lot about adaptive sports about, you know, making, um, different, using different things, uh, what we call approaches Mm -hmm. to adapting the sports. And it's essentially what we did to parenting. We, you know, we got into labeling medicines and labeling all the stuff we needed to, to be able to um, you know, make sure that we took care of him mm-hmm. or our children as, as much as possible. We've had com- we've had to have conversations with them mm-hmm. to explain to them about, you know, blindness and about the the fact that a blind person can do anything they want to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we' you know, uh, it, it's sort of like, you know, sort of like doing um, awareness mm-hmm. training to our own children. Mm-hmm. Even though you kind of think, well, it's kind of obvious they're right there with you. But sometimes you have to take that extra moment. And then we have the the, the people out in public that just are, are so, the only way I know to put it is ignorant.
0: in mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm.
1: the fact that, you know, I've walked by, I, I took my son, uh, my youngest son down to the uh, grocery store to mm-hmm. independently walk from my house to the grocery store five, about a half a mile away. Okay. Go through the store, get my groceries, mm-hmm. walk back home. Mm-hmm. You know, all with my son as a father. Mm-hmm. Did they see that? No. No. They whispered, "Why are they letting a blind guy with a kid out in public?"
0: Mm.
1: You know. So we've dealt with that sort of things, and it's heartbreaking to to know that society is that way.
2: It's it really but is it really is sad that society is that way. You're just a dad like I am. And, uh, you know, we've had the same kind of conversations with, with both of my kids who are, who are both older now, but when, when they were young, I mean, you know, the for, for, for my kids, it was always, um, standing in the grocery store lineup and people would stare and look at my eyes and they have, they have my entire life now. So my vision, I I have vision in my left eye, not in my right, but my eyes don't look like normal people's eyes. And my kids didn't Mm -hmm. under, my kids didn't understand that. And and for them it was like, why are you doing that? Why are you staring at dad's eyes? It's, it's just my dad, and I think it's very sad that our society is is still, you know, looking at you and 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 your son in that way as well. It's it's just, you know, we need to move past this in our in twenty twenty one.
1: Yes, sooner than later. I mean, negative stereotypes, not only in when it comes to blindness or disability, but just in the whole entire world in ho- as a whole. I just feel like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a world problem. You know, it's a society problem. And it, it, we, we, I agree, with, we need to get past it. I mean, so, mm-hmm. but there's been, you know, there's, there's other things that we do, tips and tricks, I guess you would say, where, you know, if we have uh, set clear guidelines with our children about, you know, if we say your name, you know, we're out in public, for instance, <laughs> we want, you know, we, we're not going to walk around with a leash on our child. I mean, and there's yep. people that do, and that's okay if that's how you choose, but we, we don't choose to do that. But, nope. you know, we, we have this rule that if we call it the no, no leash rule, I guess, of, you know, if, if we call your name, then, you know, immediately respond back to us, mm-hmm. let us know where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we send them in. we're going to, for instance, we're in the, uh, uh, in the, doctor's office and they're over playing with blocks or whatever over in the corner. We're mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, just check, you know, I'll call your name to check in with you from time to time. So there's just tips, tips and tricks like that. My it kids always,
2: done. my kids always responded to the uh, dad's snap. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And they, they were, they were taught to be right, right, right next to me. As soon as dad went, you know, snap the fingers I mean, it sounds, it sounds bizarre, but I mean, that worked for us. Right. Or same, same thing. As soon as they say your name, you know, they're, they're right there
0: kind of thing.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, you just figure out what works for you as a family, as a parent. I mean, not, it it doesn't matter side or no side. One parenting trick or tip is not going to work the same for, for, for you. And Mm -hmm. it's not going to work the same for each child. No. Um, they're all individuals so <laughs> it it does you know it's hard it, it takes some work but parenting in general does
2: uh, for sighted parents it's it's the same problem right absolutely yeah and it, uh, if you can if you as you say if you can overcome it as a uh, as a blind parent uh, you know you' you're you're uh, you know doing as well as a sighted parent and, and there's uh, you know there's as you say there's no challenge that uh, that can't be overcome as somebody who is blind.
1: Right, absolutely. Right.
2: Let's talk about uh, Stride for You then. Uh, Nonprofit. uh, You guys have a whole bunch of stuff underneath this umbrella, as you alluded to, uh, saying about it. So let's find out a little bit about uh, what is under the umbrella and 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 what people can get. uh, You know, find out more information about.
1: Yeah. So Stride for You, when Christy and I, my wife, uh, tried, were sitting down to plan this whole thing. Uh, you know, being in the nonprofit sector for over 12 years, it was. We knew it was a planning stage. We wanted to correct some of the things that we had done in the past wrong, prepare for things that might go wrong, or 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 situations that might come around, and all that good stuff. But we looked at what was our core values, what was our things that really meant a lot to us. And for us, it's always been that peer to peer approach. To learning and support. So, Mm -hmm. that is what Strive for You is so big on. It's not just somebody saying, you should do this, you should uh, get this product or whatever. It is people who have lived in the situation uh, helping others strive to be the best version of themselves they can be. Mm -hmm. And so, that to us is huge. Um and really what you know what it all boils down to uh, so strive stands for strength, training and recreation, uh, inspiring vitality and empowerment and mm-hmm. that really sums up all of that um, mm-hmm. And so we have three major programs uh, they are our arise program, which is our adaptive sports and recreation. Mm-hmm. We have our Be Real program, which is our self-advocacy and disability awareness programs. Mm -hmm. And then our SEED program, which is our safety education and empowering defense program. Mm -hmm. So to kind of go under those a little bit, under the Arise, the adaptive sports, we not only provide ongoing uh, adaptive sports here in the middle Tennessee area, we also travel around the country and provide what we call adaptive sports days. In communities around the country where uh, we'll come in, we'll bring the equipment and we will uh, show those, uh, set up these sports and let people just try them and have fun um, doing different activities and getting experience in hopes that either they will incorporate them in their ongoing programming or that if they don't have adaptive sports in their area, that they'll get more involved. Uh, We do this also through professional development workshops where we go into uh, VA medical centers, into, um, you know, PE, uh, citywide PE programs, uh, YMCA staff, et cetera. And we'll teach them about how to adapt a sport for a blind and visually impaired individual to include them in a sport, recreation, leisure activity. Uh, that's just inclusive. It's not outside of what they're already doing. It's simply just making a few modifications to make sure that that person is included in an inclusive environment. Um, For instance, you know, we may go into a YMCA and teach them about the weight room area of their facility and how they can make it more accessible for blind and visually impaired Mm. or a person in a wheelchair, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so there's different things we do there. We offer one-on-one consulting in that program. And then we also host here in Tennessee, um, three or four major events each year. Mm -hmm. Uh, we just got through doing our goalball tournament Right, we had over 18 teams, including the, some of the U S Paralympic men's team to attend. Wow. Um, that was a huge success. Mm -hmm. Uh, we had some, uh, disabled veterans, uh, come in as well and participate. Mm -hmm. So we had about a hundred athletes here in Nashville over the past weekend. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We're hosting in August, uh, August 28th. We'll be hosting a beep kickball tournament here in Nashville. Okay. And we, uh, each April we host a bowling tournament
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then, uh, something that I'm really proud of in September, uh, late September, early October, we're going to hold our adaptive sports conference. And it's a full day of, it's like a conference you've never been to before. You should never come to our conference wearing business attire, business casual, <laughs> bring your tennis shoes, your dirty athletic clothes, whatever you want to wear. You're you know, getting dirty clothes. Right. And um, we're going to put on Throughout the entire day, you're going to have five breakout sessions where you can go and, and experience all kinds of different activities from judo, self-defense, goalball, kickball, baseball, soccer, mm-hmm. golf, uh, disc golf, yoga, uh, water aerobics. Um, wow. And then we also have things like nutrition classes. Um uh, basic fitness, mm-hmm. uh, things where technology and, and things that can help you live a healthier life, uh, just different things that would be disability-related topics. We'll have an expo where you can check out some technology. You can mm-hmm. talk with different agencies that could help you with different aspects of your life, that sort of thing. So that is a uh, that is something that we've we've kind of perfected over the years it started out in 2009 it started out as sitting in an auditorium for eight hours talking about adaptive sports Um, and we decided that was boring (laughs) and so we (laughs) wanted to get more active with it
2: i'm curious about golf that's uh you know i mean that's that sounds exciting to me
1: it's all about muscle memory and then using uh your caddy uh to give you audio description Right. Um, and there's, that's, that's pretty much all the modifications you need. Any um, caddy that
2: I o- always have, uh, with me is always more interested in the beer cart than, uh, <laughs> than, uh, than where my ball went.
1: <laughs> well, Hey, you know, uh, maybe the faults with you or maybe the faults with him. I'm not sure. I
2: always, I always laugh. Cause I always say whenever I'm teeing off to uh, friends of mine, it's like, okay, you guys need to watch for my ball. And as soon as I'm up on the tee box and, you know, wh- away, you know, whack away it goes. And I'm like, okay, do you guys see where the ball went? Nope. <laughs> Nope, Nope. I don't have a clue where that went. I went right on. So I'm just going to take a drop anywhere then. Right. (laughs) I hit all the way. I got all the way to the green. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Right there next to the cup. Exactly. Just a couple inches away. (laughs) It's a, I I can't go wrong with that. Ricky, these are, uh, I mean, amazing. I think what you guys are doing is absolutely fantastic. I know we don't have anything like this, uh, at least to my knowledge here in Canada. And I think this is absolutely a, an amazing opportunity for, uh, for, you know, the blind and visually impaired to get involved and, and, you know, again, be involved with sports. You know, I was never a, a big sports person in my life because of my vision. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I heard you say judo in there and I, I did that as a youngster it was, uh, it was a really great, uh, uh, time in my life when I was in my uh, late teens doing judo for many, many years. Did goalball back in, you know, when I was a teenager as well. But so often the blind and visually impaired community don't get chances to do sports. And I think what you guys have created under the umbrella is is absolutely amazing. And I, and I think this is, this is so fabulous to be able to get people out of their houses and out of a rut in a way.
1: So, you know, it, so... Blind and visually impaired people report a lot. And, and there's many of listeners. I know I personally myself have, fa- have fought it myself with depression and isolation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And blind and visually impaired have one, one of the highest obesity rates oh, out yeah. of all minority groups. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're talking about people with limited or no mobility have a lower obesity rate than the blind and visually impaired community, because we face so many obstacles, mm. whether it's transportation, maybe you don't live in a city where you have a big transportation hub. Maybe you, um, you don't have the money to go get that gym membership. Mm. You don't have the resources or the people that you're going to for this activity to get involved, whether it be your family, it could be somebody in a facility. They don't know how to help you. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and maybe you don't know how to help you. Mm -hmm. So that's what strive for you and the arise programs all about is, is helping to find those resources, find that, give that education and, and provide opportunities as much as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, with that, it, it, the way I look at our, all of our programs is they all bleed into the other. They all merge with the other
0: mm-hmm. in
1: the fact that when you're, when you get involved in any way, shape, form or fashion, when you get out of that house, it's easy to stay in. As you said, yeah, you stay in the house because everything in the house is exactly where you put it. Yep. Unless you have a seven year old, like I do running around and then that, kind of messes that whole thing up or, but, you,
2: or you have a sighted or you have other sighted family members who decided yes, they'll just put it wherever they that, damn well want to
1: that just yeah they just don't think sometimes yeah i can and never find like the apple most,
2: i can never find the apple remote i have no idea where it is
1: <laughs> right <laughs> and so it's you know most for most though you know where all your furniture is you yep. know where things are in your house you're very comfortable there yep. it's safe it's secure you're good to go you walk outside that door and from the moment you take that first step yep the entire outside world is always changing. Mm -hmm. Cars are coming down the street. There's, you know, there's just all kinds of things that happen. And it's not to say you shouldn't. It's just to say, I understand. Mm -hmm. And and so that just, that in itself is a mental barrier that you have to overcome. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but once you do it, the confidence, the, the, just the overall feeling that you know what i can do this what else can i do right i can now you know may, maybe i can go back to school maybe mm-hmm. i can mm-hmm. go into the workforce mm-hmm. maybe i can get involved in my local advocacy group maybe i could go get involved in my students or my child's pto group etc mm-hmm. and so you know it leads into uh our, our be real program which is all about uh, self-advocacy teaching uh youth and and those who've newly become disabled about how to uh advocate for themselves what things are out there that they should be uh know about the ADA laws uh, mm-hmm. all that good stuff all the accommodations and things mm-hmm. but also you know with the youth we found that they will introduce themselves for instance and say well my name's Chuck yeah. and I'm blind Yeah. And that's all. Mm -hmm. That's all of the that's all that they want me to know about them. And I want them to understand, we want them to understand here at Strive that there's so much more about you than just your blindness. You are 17 years old. You like playing listening to books. You are you have blue eyes, you Mm -hmm. have
0: freckles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: I want them to know that about you before they know that you know that blindness is sort of like an afterthought because if we're going to change society, as we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. we've got to change our own ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that we do within the be real program. And then we go into businesses and teach them about how to interact with a customer with a disability or Mm -hmm. how to act with, uh, interact with a fellow employee Mm -hmm. as a, with a disability. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that really um, one of the things we're going to do with the be real program in the future is we're going to host what we call, um, the, uh, be real experience where, you, uh, youth transition age children will come in for a weekend and they will participate in a life simulation. They will be given a scenario. Okay. You are, um, uh, 27 years old. You're living at home with your mom. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're on social security. Um, and go. And they will, from there, will try to go around to different tables, different stations, different uh, speaking engagements, and they will uh, change parts of their lives and go through the budget process and mm-hmm. what it's like to be on social security versus getting a job mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that we can encourage them to, to get out of the house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's that's going to be something coming up. And then with all of this, Again, going back to the scenario of walking out of your house, it's very scary um, sometimes with for someone who's blind or visually impaired. And so our safety education and self-defense program gives people that empowerment to know that I, yes, it's gonna be, it could be a challenge to go out on my own. But at the same time, hopefully I'll be able to handle whatever situation happens, whether it be Mm -hmm. for some reason, society thinks that people can just <laughs> walk up and grab you uh, as a blind person and pull you to wherever they want you to go. Yeah. Or put, put you here or whatever. Mm-hmm, and, but yet you wouldn't walk up to another sighted person and grab them. No. You know, Unless no. they're in immediate danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's the 90% of the time, that what blind and visually impaired people uh, deal with. So our self-defense and, and safety education program is centered around how to get out of those grabs and get into a place to where you can advocate for yourself? Hey, no thanks, I don't need your help. Please, next time ask, or hey, let me get out of you know get out of this wrist grab that you had me in, um, pulling me. How yeah. about I hold your arm? Yeah, Sometimes yeah. that's very awkward. Yeah. And so, and then we have to address violence that happens against people with disabilities. Right, um, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. It, it's sad, but it does. It mm-hmm. happens to it, it, people who without disabilities, mm-hmm. and so there are those uh, extremes circumstances. And so we teach uh, strategies and techniques to get out of those situations or avoid them altogether, if at all possible. So mm-hmm. it's really, and again, this is all done through a peer to peer approach.
2: Nice,
1: um, and, and with that, where that means that we are also within our organization providing volunteer and paid uh, opportunities for people for employment. Nice. So it's, it's another way for people to just get involved.
2: I think it's absolutely amazing. And, and I, I love the fact of, of the, that you're trying to help uh, the blind and visually impaired, you know, become employed because we've talked to many people on this podcast before about the incredible high rate of unemployment, both here in Canada and in the U S about, people who are visually impaired and blind and, and we need to lower that number and get away from the discriminating part of, you know, not hiring blind and visually impaired people because they don't think they can do the job. The sighted society just has to realize that, Hey, we're just like everybody else. And, and you said it, um, you know, uh, earlier on in the podcast that, you know, just being blind, that's just another challenge for us, but we're still normal people and, and we should be treated the same
1: way. Absolutely. Absolutely, we should be treated the same way. We should have people should have the same expectations for us as they do for for themselves, mm-hmm. and we should have the higher expectations or the same expectations that we would have for mm-hmm. other people, um, for ourselves. And and again, it's not only an external uh, barrier, but it's an internal barrier as well. Very and much so. Yeah, I totally. That, and it's it's all a part of the. The Marathon of Life, which is what I call my, right. my speech when I, I give it.
2: Awesome. I, I think uh, what you guys uh, have as an organization is absolutely amazing. And, uh, man, I would love to uh, connect with you guys in person when the borders open up. Happy to have you. I, I, I would love to connect and, and, uh, and, and get to know you a little bit more. I'm absolutely amazed about what you guys are doing. And, uh, and hats off to you. I think it's, uh, anything that we can do to encourage the, the blind and visually impaired community to get out there, be active, uh, be involved in their community and, and be just better for your mental health. Um, this last yes. 15 months, uh, with COVID and the isolation has been very, very difficult for the community and, uh, we need to get outside the doors now and, and embrace life and, you know see what else is
1: out there. Yeah. We take a, 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 a real, a holistic approach to, um, to everything we do, you mm-hmm. know, body, mind, spirit, uh, it's all connected. It's all there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it has to, you, ha- a lot of times I think, you know, when somebody goes on a diet, for instance, you know, there's the physical things that they can do to help themselves with, you know, uh, not eating as much or doing more physical activity, but then there also is those mental things that they can do to help make them feel better in in, and help to make it more successful. And so many times we as individuals will concentrate on one area Mm. to change this. I'm going to change this, but they're not taking into consideration the other areas that are, that are still just as much a part of that same situation they're trying to cure, um, without taking, you know, the physical, the, the mental and, and and sign, you know, just the whole process of it. Mm. And so, um, it's really something that, that we try to take, you know, a real deep approach to. Mm. Um, and, um, so we're, we're really excited about it. We'd love to connect with anybody. You know, we have, uh, we have our website, strive4u.org. It's um, S T R I V E, the number four, and then Y O U.org. Uh, we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, tw- um, TikTok.
2: Yeah, so you guys are on TikTok now. We're all there.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, you were speaking of uh, Blind Amy, and yes. Blind Amy is the one. Blind Amy, she is our seed. Uh, program director and yes. she has told us uh, you know she told us in the beginning uh when when christy and i christy and i serves the uh co-executive directors and um she told us early on when she got involved why aren't you on tiktok so she yeah. said i'm tiktok famous and you should be <laughs> we call She's we on. call her the queen we call her the queen of tiktok uh
2: Oh yeah, she's she's yeah. awesome. We've had her on the we've had her on the podcast, and she's yeah, uh, so. she she was a blast. Uh, before I let you go, I have one question I'm going to ask you, and that is, what would you say to the sighted community?
1: I would say, and this this phrase was used in a previous ad campaign for other individuals, but but see us, see us for who we are, see us as individuals just like you. We have feelings. Uh, we have, um, uh, expectations, we have integrity and we want to be treated the same as you do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it goes back to that old adage of, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated mm-hmm. and just simply take a minute and think about how you're interacting with someone. Don't be afraid to, to say the words, see that, or did you see that movie or, you know, something that references to that, don't be afraid to interact with us. And believe it or not, we have some of the same likes and interests as you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just, uh, you know, equality, inclusion is, is the only way that society as a whole Mm -hmm. is going to get better.
2: Ricky, thanks very much for spending some time with us, telling about Strive For You, a great organization. We'll put all this information up on uh, the show notes so people can uh, find out more about your organization. And my friend, I look forward to meeting you in person one day.
1: Uh, It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for having us and, and we'll get some hot chicken when you come in town.
2: Oh yeah, good stuff. I heard about that stuff.
1: Thanks for listening to Blind Like Me.
2: If you have a story idea or you'd like to share information about new assistive technology,
1: Visit us at blindlikeme.net
2: or send an email to info at timblackonair.com
1: Blind Like Me is a timblackonair.com production.